So anytime we watch a college basketball game, we're watching it for its pure beauty and what it means to the colleges and the teams and the tournaments and advancing and the like. We're also keeping an eye out on how good is this gonna, guy going to be when he gets to the next level? Can he play in the NBA? I know my next guest feels exactly the same because it's what he does and does it as good as anybody else. If you're a fan of the NBA draft and those who will be making their way into the league in the near future, his website, draftexpress.com, is as good as it gets. Uh, we're talking to Jonathan Gaboni here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Jonathan? Doing well, Jody. How are you? Good. Uh, this has got to be a fun time of the year for you because I know you get around and about and you try and watch as many games and get to uh, workouts and tryouts and camps and stuff, uh, but you can always get some action on TV. It's nice when they deliver you just game after game after game after game, is it not? I love it. You know, first of all, it's an opportunity to see a lot of guys in, in a very high-stakes environment some of whom will be the last college games they play, and also, you know, really the attention of, 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 of the country turns to my little niche, which always makes it a little more exciting when somebody's actually reading, you know, what you're writing. Oh, they're uh, reading your stuff uh, quite intently these days because, yes, before you know it, the NBA draft is going to be here. Most people, yourself, others included, uh, from the time mock draft started going forward after the 2014 draft, we're looking at the possibility of a kid like Jaleel Okafor being the first pick in the draft. He did nothing to dissuade you with today's performance against San Diego State, wouldn't you say? Oh, he was absolutely amazing. I thought this is one of the best games that he played all game. Just the highlight reel that you can put together from some of the baskets that he made were incredible. Stepping out to the three-point line, going between his legs, uh, you know, isolating and, and scoring. I mean, he does it so easily. It's amazing. There are very few guys um, that I've seen at the college level that can do that, and really not many guys at the NBA level that can score that easily at his size. So he was very, very impressive. He's had a great freshman year. He's handled the pressure so well. He's going to be a great NBA player, no doubt about it. Before I compare him to the other big in this draft, Carl Towns, I want you to compare him to Joel Embiid last year, who some people believe could have been the number one overall draft pick had he not hurt himself at the end of his collegiate career. And then again, just before the NBA draft, how does Okafor's game compare to Embiid's game as they both came out of college after just one year? I think Embiid is just as talented offensively as Okafor. What really made Embiid special was that he's just started? He's learning how to play basketball now. He really, you know, picked up a basketball just a couple of years ago. Whereas you heard the people on CBS today talking about how him and Tyus Jones were already in the AAU national championship in the third grade. That's when he started getting notoriety, you know, as a top prospect. Whereas Joe Embiid, nobody knew his name until he was 17, 18 years old. So um, they're different in that regard, but they're both incredibly skilled players offensively. Um, I really hope that Okafor um, is able to stay healthy, which has been indeed you know, a big issue up until now. Some people suggest that Carl Anthony Towns may be over the long haul as good, if not a better player than Jaleel Okafor. Uh, maybe a little bit more athletic, certainly as seems to have a little bit more range on his jump shot at this stage. How do you compare the two? Is it a foregone conclusion in your mind that Okafor is going to be the number one pick, or could it be Towns? It's not a foregone conclusion. I really think it depends heavily on who gets the pick. 
Towns actually is probably a better fit for the style of play that we're seeing in the NBA today, which is all about tempo, spacing, rim protection, uh, athleticism. Okafor is more of a throwback. He's a guy that, you know, would not look out of place at all in the 80s, just posting up and grinding guys down with his back to the basket. Towns has a little bit more versatility. He's not nearly as polished offensively as Okafor, but he's a much, much better defender. He's got a 7-4 wingspan. He, he blocks, uh, you know, almost five shots per 40 minutes. He's a tremendous rebounder. And on top of that, he shows you flashes offensively. You know, when he was in high school, he was a guy who would consistently make three-pointers uh, without any problem. He's shown some flashes of that this year, but that's not really his role for Kentucky. I think he's more of a versatile guy, but there's still some question marks about whether he can be another number one option in the NBA, where Okafor, you can see that that's the, that's the direction he's definitely leaning right now. We're talking to Jonathan Gavoni of DraftExpress.com, one of the best uh, advanced guys giving you insight and predictions and projections and reports on the guys who will be coming into the NBA draft coming up next year. I just made this comparison before we punched you up here. Tell me if it's got any merit or if I'm just whistling in the wind. Uh, when I compare Okafor and Carl Towns, it makes me think of two former teammates. I see Okafor as an Akeem Olajuwon-like. Great post moves, ability to get his shot off, great footwork down low. When I see Towns, I see Ralph Sampson, who at seven foot four was an unbelievable athlete, step outside, shoot jump shots and the like, wasn't going to overpower people the way that his teammate Olajuwon did. Uh, Olajuwon certainly went on for me to have the better career of the two, and I think it's the way it's going to shake out between these two guys is the comparison between those two and the two former Rockets anywhere near being on point? I didn't grow up. You know, I grew up very, very young when those guys were, were playing. Um, so I, I don't know as much about them as you do. I've okay. seen all the highlights. I've seen the film. I've watched, you know, NBA TV. My understanding is that Olajuwon, you know, was an all-defensive guy, um, you know, who, who also was a good, you know, offensive player too, but really – you know, he was a defensive player of the year type guy where it's hard to see, um, you know, Okafor turning into that. But, um, you know, it's a different era in today's NBA, really. You know, the, the centers are kind of marginalized. And, you know, there's some question marks about whether that is because there aren't as many big men or it's just that the game has evolved and it's just become so, um, you know, focused on, on spacing and three-point shooting. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys are utilized. Um, you know, they're both extremely talented. They would both be top three prospects in pretty much any draft class. So, um, you know, this is we have a lot to look forward to. It's a really, really strong draft. Another player like Jaleel Okafor and Carl Towns, who looks like he's going to be one and done after just one year at Ohio State, it's D'Angelo Russell. Not going out on the note he wanted to. Three of 19 yesterday in Ohio State's final game. Uh, one game does not a career make, and even if it's a shortened career of just one year at Ohio State, that game is not going to affect his overall draft status, is it? Probably not. You know, there are a lot of the question marks that, that we had on Russell before that game, you know, really kind of reared their head. He He's not a great athlete, and he's not a great finisher around the basket, and I think you saw Arizona really hone in on that and try to prevent that. But in in one of his worst games of the season – 
it was still very easy to see how talented D'Angelo Russell is. I mean, some of the things he did yesterday were extraordinary. His passing ability is magnificent. So I think he has a great future in the NBA. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be a number one option, but he is going to make his teammates better. He can make shots. He can do a lot of different things. He's a very versatile kid. He's extremely intelligent. He's got a great future ahead of him. One of the things that your website is great for is international insight and giving us uh, information about players who aren't in the NCAA tournament. One who did so by choice, Emmanuel Moutier, decided to forego playing college basketball, couldn't get qualified to play at SMU, took his act to China instead. And he had kind of an up-and-down type year there. Uh, Played well early, got hurt, was replaced on his team, couldn't get back into the lineup, uh, but did stick it out and stayed with it in China. I've talked to a couple people and say everything they've seen, everything they've heard is still as good as ever. Has his Chinese experience helped or hurt his draft status for this upcoming year? I don't think it helped or hurt. I think that it was about what we expected. Um, you know, the, I've worked with Chinese basketball teams in the past doing consulting work for them. They are incredibly impatient, and, and, and they just live from day to day, and they really had no idea what they were getting with Emmanuel Moutier. The kid is 18 years old. It was obvious that there would be some growing pains heading over there. And, you know, and he was up and down, like you said, and they just lost patience, and they decided to replace him with Will Bynum, who, you know, is a longtime NBA player. And then, you know, Against all odds, they brought him back in the semifinals to play two games when they were down 2-0. So not exactly the most rational um, league (laughs) over there when it comes to decision-making, the Chinese Basketball Association. But nothing he did really, you know, um, changed my opinion of him. He's still a very talented kid. He's 6'5". He's got a great body. He's an excellent passer. He's very versatile. He's got great potential defensively. He rebounds. You know, he, he he shot the ball a little bit better from beyond the arc than people thought he would. He he made about 34% of the threes. He kind of went in there. People thought he was a non-shooter, and, and he really showed that that's not the case. He, he made over one per game. So I think he, you know, this year may have sent him back from the standpoint of gaining the experience of playing in, in the NCAA tournament, going on a deep run, Playing against guys his age, I think that would have benefited him, you know, the way it did D'Angelo Russell. But it's not going to diminish his draft stock. He's still going to be a top-five pick, and I think he's going to have a great NBA career. Two other Euros that I know you think are going to go in the draft lottery, Mario Hezonia and uh, Christopoulos Patsingas, and I'm probably botching those names. You can say them better than me. Please do. Uh, Give us a thumbnail sketch on each of them. And are both expected to enter the NBA this year, or is this going to be a draft and wake process like we saw last year with Dario Saric and the Sixers? I think both guys are going to be in the draft, and both of them are going to want to come over right away. You know, the, sometimes the flexibility with the European guys that you can stash them overseas if the team wants. You know, Philadelphia having multiple picks potentially um, in 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 the lottery. Um, could could go for that, you know. They might, you know, decide to take a guy and keep him over overseas and try to be bad for another year. Um, Mario Hizonia, he's a Clay Thompson type player. He's a six eight small forward with very good athleticism and tremendous shooting range. He's very very aggressive. His game is much better suited to the NBA style than it is to Europe. He gets in trouble sometimes with his coaches because they have this hierarchy thing where you're supposed to defer to the older players. 
And this guy has unbelievable confidence in himself, borderline arrogance, uh, but he's so good and he's so talented that I think NBA scouts really, really like that. Um, Porzingis, on the other hand, is a much more of a raw prospect. He's seven feet tall. He's very frail, but he's extremely skilled. He can shoot threes. He can block shots. He has a lot of talent. Um, He's a long ways away from being able to help an NBA playoff team right now. Uh, There are some concerns about his toughness, about his feel for the game. I I go back and forth on him. I'm not sure, you know, if I would draft him in in the top ten, but he's extremely talented. He's going to come in. He's going to have great workouts. He's going to be like a Yijian Leon type guy who's just going to murder cones, and NBA teams are going to go crazy about him. So he could really see his stock rise because of that. If there's one player who, over the course of the year, maybe you had him either in the second round or not a guy you thought was going to come out this year who's had a really good season, maybe even added to it with a tournament performance or two so far this year, is there a guy who's been a pretty rapid riser on your board over the course of the last three months? There are a couple, and uh, there always are, but one guy that really stands out is Jerry and Grant, uh, the senior from Notre Dame. Um, he's had an amazing season. Uh, he's really showed incredible playmaking ability. Um, he, he's, he led his team to the Sweet 16. They just got an overtime win over Butler last night, so we're going to continue to be able to see him. He's got great size. He's way more athletic than ever anybody thought. He's a pretty good outside shooter. He's a solid defender. He's just a really steady guy who's going to be able to come in from day one and help an NBA team, and that's why I think he's going to go – pretty high, potentially in the lottery even. Um, another guy that's kind of come out of nowhere is Chris Dunn from Providence, who was a McDonald's All-American who had to sit out the last two years because of a shoulder injury. And uh, he's, you know, he's really playing almost his first year of college basketball, and he's, he's done an amazing job. He's very talented physically, 6'4", long, with a great body. He's terrific in transition. He's got great potential defensively, and he averages eight assists per game. So there's a lot to like there. He's more of a long-term project than Jerry and Grant is, but he's also extremely talented. You know, Jordan, we came into this year thinking that this is a very weak class from a point guard standpoint, but it turns out that we have five or six guys that might go in the first round. That's pretty exciting. All right, and how does, and I know this is way down the road, but you do it, we all do it, you're just very good at it. How does this year's overall draft class compare, number one, to last year's class, and number two, to next year's class, because we're already looking at the high school kids who are going to be the one-and-dones next year that are going to be at the top of the draft class. How would you compare 14 to 15 to 16? You know, Jody, a lot of people wanted to make the 2014 NBA draft into this can't-miss sensational prospect. You know, I wasn't really on board with that, and I was fairly vocal saying that I thought there were some really nice players in the draft. I didn't think there were really any difference makers. I actually think that the 2015 draft is much stronger, both at the top and in terms of overall depth. We still need to see who enters the draft. That's going to be a big factor in how deep of a draft this is. But I think that this draft has been surprisingly strong and getting stronger every month. All the NBA guys I talk to are very excited. Even teams that are in the playoffs, they're going to be drafting the 20s. They all think they're going to be able to get a pretty good player, um, you know, even at the end of the first round. In terms of 2016, um, you know, it's early to say, but it's look, it doesn't look great right now. A lot of the high school guys that I really trust, 
um, guys like Evan Daniels, who do a phenomenal job. They say that this is one of the weakest high school senior classes they've seen maybe in the last 10 years. And, you know, the, those that bunch of freshmen next year are going to make up the backbone of the lottery. Yep. We have 10 guys projected to go in the, in the lottery right now from the one and done. So if, if that's a weak class, and then I'm seeing the international class in 96 fairly weak, I'm a little bit concerned about next year's draft, to be honest with you. But, you know, there's always guys that come out of nowhere. There's always the Jerry and Grants and the Chris Dunns. And then you have, you know, the Frank Kaminsky's who don't look like anything their first two years of college basketball and then really, really develop and emerge as, as, as top players. So I think it'll even out. But right now, it doesn't look as strong as 2015. I lied. I have one more question for you. Just because the Kansas game has just gotten underway Kelly Oubre was a uh, thought to be potential top five draft pick. McDonald's All-American, great freshman coming in. Couldn't crack much playing time early on for Kansas. Certainly has come along as the year has gone on. A guaranteed lottery pick. How high is high for where Oubre can go? I don't think he's going to go in the top five anymore. He's had a very uneven freshman year. Even when he has played, he's been somewhat of an enigma at times. He, he really isn't polished enough right now to really assert himself on, you know, the best defenses in college basketball. So I think he's probably more of a guy that goes in the 7 to 14 range. There's a chance he, he drops out of the lottery, but not likely. I still think he's going to be a good player long term, but um, he, he has uh, – it's going to be two or three years until he really, you know, um, is able to make an impact in the NBA. His uh... – Website is as good as it gets when it comes to information on the upcoming NFL draft. You should all be following uh, Jonathan Gavoni on Twitter at Draft Express and checking out DraftExpress.com as we get that much closer to the NBA draft. Jonathan, go back to watching the college hoops. Thanks for coming on today. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Jody. Have a great one.